Have you ever found yourself looking into the pantry thinking, what am I in the mood for right now? Or maybe you know that on your way home from work, your brain will say, hey, what if we just run past the drive-thru real quick? Or maybe it's after dinner, but before bed, and predictably, every night, no matter how much you promised yourself you wouldn't snack after dinner, you find yourself opening up the freezer to see what delicious delights might be there to satisfy that urge. Today, we are talking about urges, desires, those moments when the gremlins take over your brain and say, I don't care what promises I made myself earlier in the day, or what was on my plan, or the fact that I want to lose weight and feel healthy so I can play on the floor with my grandkids. My brain gremlin has taken that what's your why worksheet that I filled out last month and turned it into a paper airplane, set it on fire, and tossed it out the window. Right now, I just want all the things. So we're going to talk about why urges happen. Spoiler alert, they're normal. And no, you're not broken. We're also going to talk about how urges are not evil. They're not even something you need to just get over or conquer. And they might even be trying to tell you something important. And we're going to talk about the three-step process to turn urges into your friend. So are you ready to look underneath the urge, discover those diamonds hidden in your desires, and turn that evening eating habit into an educational moment? Yeah, I think I went a little too far on the alliteration there. Sorry, I might need to dial it back. Anyway, you ready to get started? Oh, yeah, you are. Let's get after it. Do you ever feel like you know all the diet rules about eat this, but not that, and so you know what to do, but you just have a hard time actually doing it? I'm here to tell you, you are not the problem. Hi, I'm Lizzie. Welcome to the Confident Body Podcast, where we talk about all the mental and emotional parts of weight loss that diets don't tell you. It's time to step past the shame and the guilt from old diets and stop feeling like you're waiting to lose weight in order to fully participate in life. If you're ready to drop the diet mindset and learn what it takes to truly feel happy and confident in your own skin, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome back. I am so grateful that you are here today. Thank you so much for taking time to listen. I truly, truly appreciate your attention and your listening ear. So let's make it worth it, shall we? So like I said, today we're talking about urges and desires. And this came up because I was listening to a coaching call recently. And the coach E was talking about uh, she was dealing with the urge to eat in the nighttime. And this person had already done a lot of work on her eating habits and her desires. And she was, she felt really kind of confident in most of the areas of her weight loss journey. But she said, I just can't seem to conquer this desire to eat at night after dinner. And the coach said something that like radio scratch, like what? It completely grabbed my attention. And it was like, it just blew my mind. So the coach said, what if you didn't need to conquer it? What if it's here for a reason? And here's here's where I really was like mind blown. The coach asked that so this is about the urges. What if it's like a benevolent messenger there with a message for you and it's you just trying to swat it away or conquer it when it's got something important to tell you? She said, imagine if the urge was like your youngest, sweetest child who had something to tell you. How would you treat your child? And the way that the coach asked these questions, I was just, it just, like I said, it blew my mind. What if urges are not these pesky roadblocks 
that get in the way of our land of Oz that's like on the other side of the rainbow where one day I'll just never be tempted by donuts or bread or wine again. What if urges aren't something to get over, but they're actually the pathway, they're the yellow brick road, if you will, to that land of Oz, if, if it even exists. I'm not sure if it's there, but we'll see. So what if I could look at my desires differently? And so I want to share a story. I, you know, I've talked before that I've um, had many years of drinking wine every night. And there was a time in my life when I really did not necessarily feel in control of my urge or my desire to have a glass of wine. And I felt like I was the problem. I had a lot of shame around it. And again, it wasn't necessarily about the volume. It was just like, I didn't, I didn't feel in control. I felt like I wasn't sure that I could, you know, I could certainly willpower my way to, to not having any, but, um, the, the desire to have some scared me a little bit. And so, like I said, I felt like I was the problem, but over time, I began to realize, and you know, a lot of thought work and a lot of life coaching going into this, that it was just a habit. It wasn't that I was broken. It wasn't that I had some kind of you know inherent flaw in me. It was a, a habit. So my brain had learned to repeat it over and over. So it was beneath my subconscious. And also the thought, hey, it's five o'clock. I want a glass of wine is just a thought. Just like, uh, I wonder what time it is or are the Cowboys playing the Eagles this weekend? All of those are just sentences in my mind. And I could look at it. It's like, it's just a thought. It kind of turned down some of the power and the volume of that, of that thought. And ideally that would have been enough, but it wasn't because I have also learned that some habits are harder to break than others because they have strong emotions attached to them. So particularly the emotions of safety, love, or comfort. So if a lot of times we attach the emotion of love and connection to food, because that's how we connected with our loved ones when we were younger, or perhaps if there was a bullying situation at school, I like I had a client once who was bullied at school, so she would learn to come home and eat in secret. And so food was like her sense of safety. And so again, those, those three emotions, love, comfort, and safety, if you have that strong emotion wrapped up in the habit whether it's food or wine or whatever, it that can make the habit harder to break. And when we don't realize that, we feel like I must be the problem because I have this habit. I've been working on it. I don't understand why I can't stop doing it. And the reason why you can't, quote unquote, can't stop doing it is because of that deep emotion that your survival brain has attached to this habit. Why, why, why would your brain want to give up something that feels like safety? Of course not. Your brain wants to hold on to safety because that is literally going to save your life. And so those habits that are wrapped up in those stronger emotions can be harder to break. And so when I realized that, I began to get curious about what these urges might be trying to tell me. And kind of backing up a little bit, when there is a habit that is more tied up in the emotion, you know, a lot of times we can address habits at the intellectual level. Um, I love James Clear and his atomic habits of like, you know, before I have my coffee in the morning, I will journal for three minutes. And, you know, that that kind of is a great way to create a habit. And those are very great systems to create new habits or break old habits. But that is addressing a habit on an intellectual level. And diets do the same thing. We address our eating on an intellectual, you know, 
prefrontal cortex planning brain level. Sometimes there are habits that are more emotionally driven. Like I said, love, comfort, safety. And so sometimes you need to meet the habit at the emotional level. And we're going to talk about how to do that in just a minute. So before we get into why or or kind of how to handle urges, let's, let's back it up a little bit and talk about why do we even have urges in the first place? So you may have heard of something called the motivational triad in the brain. Basically, our survival brains are designed to do three things. They want to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and expend as little energy as possible. That, that kind of operating system helps the, the human being, the human creature, survive to tomorrow. So seek pleasure, avoid pain, and expend as little energy as possible. Well, wouldn't you know it, urges basically do all three. So let's say you have an urge for ice cream. Number one, it seeks pleasure. Ice cream feels good. Sugar lights up the dopamine centers in our brain. Number two, avoid pain. Ice cream is a great way to avoid difficult feelings um, because, you know, if you are eating ice cream instead of feeling bored, that is, you know, I'm doing something and I'm also lighting up the pleasure centers of my brain. So of course, why would I sit around feeling bored when I could have ice cream? And number three, expend as little energy as possible. The habit, the, the brain is really great at looking for patterns. And as soon as it sees a pattern, it's like, awesome, let's delegate this to the lower brain because in the lower brain, we can kind of put it on autopilot and then it expends less energy. And so our habits get delegated to the lower brain, meaning they are beneath our awareness. And so you can find yourself looking in the freezer or the pantry and be like, how did I even get here? because the habit is beneath your awareness. Now, again, before we get into how to handle urges, let's talk about how urges kind of tend to happen. There's, there can be predictable triggers for urges so that you can expect them, you can anticipate them. And if you can expect something, you can plan for it. So predictable triggers for urges. So these are the things that kind of set off that habit Uh, you know, again, the the neurons in the brain are myelinated neurons that fire together, wire together, the more they wire together, that's that myelination, that sheath. And so there's a cue, basically a trigger that sets the electrical, electrical impulse down the neurons in the brain. That's like, let's follow this pattern. So here are those triggers. Um, Time of day can be a typical trigger. So kids, kids come home from school, time to have a snack. Um, 3 PM, I, I'm tired. It's, it's, you know, I'm, my brain is bored. It's, it's, it's about that time of day that I want to snack 5 PM time for a glass of wine. That's as we know, that one's one that for me, um, after dinner, uh, I'm not quite ready to go to bed. And so our brains can, we may not be physically hungry, but our brains are remembering. This is what we do at this time of day. The time of week can also be a predictable trigger. Anybody feel different on Friday night than you do on Tuesday night? Because you have a different thought about the time of the week. Weekends are way different than Mondays. It's a lot easier to stick to your diet plan, diet, quote unquote, on Monday than it is on Saturday because weekends feel different. Other predictable triggers are types of events. So perhaps celebrations, uh, vacations. Um, things like that. You can also have like acute stressors. So your boss sends you an email 
and you know the whatever report didn't get filed and you feel that like flush of adrenaline like oh no i messed up that's an acute stressor that's a type of event that can trigger an urge specific people or places can be predictable triggers for urges so if you always go out with um, certain kind of friends, these are your, your brain remembers when I go out with these friends, we always have the loaded fries and we always get the, you know, the extra sugary margaritas or whatever it is. And so those kinds of people can be a trigger for like, we always do this together. Or if there are people that um, trigger emotions, difficult emotions in you, maybe a family member, who knows? That can be a trigger for an urge and places as well, like going home to mom's house. I love mom's cooking. You know, I, I, I want to have the cookies. I want to have the, the extra stuff that mom makes for me or like going to book club. It's a social event, a social place. Those things can be predictable triggers. And then there's just the predictably unpredictable aspects of life. Someone got sick, stress from work a call from a loved one with some news, good news or bad news. These again can be all predictable triggers for an urge. So it's so normal that your brain would seek safety, the safety of old patterns when your fight or flight response is a little elevated. So again, kind of going back, your brain is going to have a little bit of a fight or flight response when that trigger happens of like, we need to uh, enact uh, that old myelinated pattern of the safety of our own of our old pattern. So your brain is seeking safety. So it makes sense. Okay, great. Urges make sense. All right. Now what? So what if your urges were not a problem? What if you didn't have to get rid of them? Remember, I think it was Carl, Carl Jung who said, what you resist persists. The more you resist your urges, the more they persist funny how that works. Kind of annoying that way. But what if you could turn towards your urge? What if you could welcome it and be like, hello, old friend, I was expecting you. What What do you have to say for me today? Or what do you, what message do you have for me? What if we could view our urges as gifts from your body showing you that you need something? Maybe you need some sort of care or nurturing. The only problem is we misinterpret the message from our body. We misinterpret the message of the urge and we either try to push it away with willpower or we ignore it by stuffing over it with food or being busy or so forth. And so we miss the message that the urge is trying to tell us. I used to think, you know, like, you ever heard you know, of the, like a Spanish English dictionary, you know, you, def, you know, you interpret a definition from one language to the other. I used to think we need like a body brain dictionary that what is this message my body is sending me so I can interpret it. That would be amazing. So in a way, urges are like the messages that our body is sending us. And so what if we could welcome it and just get curious about what message it might have for you? When you have an urge to snack after dinner, what's it trying to tell you? So here is our process for how to learn what the urge is trying to tell you. So first, get quiet. Take a couple deep breaths, get into you know a room, a place, bathroom even, where you are alone. You have a few minutes to just take a few deep breaths. Try and locate the urge in your body. So we're trying to feel a sensation. A sensation is something like uh, pressure, tingling, 
uh, tightness, openness, all kinds of different things. But you're not looking for an emotion. You're not looking for sad, angry, hungry. You're looking for a sensation. So heavy, cold, tight, tension, things like that. Where is it in your body? For me, I typically hold, feel my urges in my kind of upper chest and shoulders or sometimes in the back of my throat. And then once you're able to kind of feel it, kind of get some shape to it, see if it has a shape, see if it has a color, just get curious about it. You're not trying to push it away. You're not trying to do anything with it. Now you're going to engage this urge in a conversation. Just ask, what do you have to say? Like give it some space to be heard. That's what our urges want. They want to tell us something. Just say, what do you have to say? And often for me, this is almost kind of like an introductory kind of conversation with my urge. It's very, the, the, the thoughts that come up are very kind of like six-year-old, like I'm tired, you know, I'm hungry or I'm sad, you know, sort of, sort of whiny kind of thoughts come to mind when I just say, what, you know, what do you have to say? But we're, 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 we're warming up with the urge. And so we, we, you know, ask some deeper questions and then ask, what do you need? This has been so eye-opening to me when I ask my urge, what do you need? A lot of times it's like, I just need to snuggle or I just need some rest. Uh, Definitely my urges increase when I've been pushing a little bit harder at work and my urges are telling me, girl, you got to slow down. You need to rest. You need to take a break. And then I ask the urge, what is your purpose here? And all kinds of things can come up. Like, again, you, when the urge is, when you're listening for what the urge has to say, try and have it in like no filter. Whatever comes up is fine. Sometimes it's going to be gibberish. Like one time I asked, like, what do you need? And the answer was cheese. I'm like, I don't know if that was, uh, if that was the urge talking or something else. Um, but when you ask, what is your purpose here? A lot of times it can be, I'm here to protect you. I'm here to help you. It can be, can be really interesting to hear what comes up. And then This last question is where the most amazing things can come forth if you're able to get quiet and really listen. Ask the urge, if you could share a message with me, what would you want to tell me? Just see what comes up. The answers can be truly amazing. So for me, I was blown away when I asked the urge to have the wine at five o'clock in the night. I would sit down with this urge and I would say, you know, what do you have to say? What do you need? What's your purpose here? And I'd say, if you could share a message with me, what would you want to tell me? And the answer that came forth was, I am your biggest fan. I know you don't need me. I am here to show you just how powerful you are. I know you are capable of anything. And I was like, whoa, whoa. Because here I am thinking like, I need a glass of wine. And you know the urge is telling me, no, you don't, honey. You are so powerful. And I am your biggest fan. I'm here to show you how strong you are. Wow, right? So give that a try. If nothing comes up, it's no big deal. And also, remember, this is a practice. This is not a check in the box. So this is, um, it's like a workout. You know, I, I like to think of this as sort of doing mental bicep curls of, you know, I'm, I'm, aiming to lift the the two pound weights so that maybe one day I can do the five pound weights. Maybe one day I'll get to the 10 pound weights, but every, every time I allow an urge, it's like a rep. 
It's, it's just showing my brain, hey, I can handle this. Sometimes when I get clear on what is the sensation I'm feeling, I try and give it a, a number, like on a scale of one to 10, how intense is this urge? And invariably, it's like a three, a four, you know, it's, it's not super duper intense. And my survival brain, that emotional part of my brain that is wrapped up in, you know, having a glass of wine is a sense of love and connection. That part of my brain wants to freak out and say, this is not safe. Uh, we, we, we need to just, you know, follow the habit pattern. Let's go. You know, don't stop to think. But when I stop and feel it, I'm like, it's only like a level three or a four. And here I am not actually having a glass of wine and surviving this. How interesting. And so that's what I mean. Like sometimes you need to meet the urge on the emotional level and recognize that part of your survival brain wants to freak out because it feels like its safety is threatened. And you want to just be like, hey, look, look at us. We're okay. This little, this sensation, maybe this tightness I'm feeling in my chest. It's not the worst. I'm okay. I can handle this. So remember, you are just human. You are supposed to have urges. You are a piece of the divine and you are completely worthy exactly as you are. And your urges come with your human card. They come with the job. They're here to tell you something. You don't need to fight them. You don't need to resist them. What if you could welcome them? Welcome them to the table and ask, what message do you have for me? There's a beautiful quote. I wish I could, I've, I've looked to see where the, the source of this is, but we'll just call it like a parable. So the quote is, kiss the dragon, it becomes the maiden. Kiss the tiger, it becomes the Buddha. Kiss the demon, it becomes love. So what's your demon inside of you that feels scary? Like something you need to battle and fight and conquer? What would happen if you put down your sword and you turn towards this demon that feels like a demon and embraced it like a friend and listened to the wisdom that it has for you? You might just be surprised what it has to say. Okay, so let's get into our one tiny confident body action step to put into practice for this week. So I want you to set aside some time later today, just, just five minutes, three minutes. This really doesn't take that much time. But put it on your calendar, like give yourself an appointment, have, have the respect for yourself to say, this is for me. Get quiet and try and look within yourself. Locate an urge or a feeling in your body. Where is it? See if you can give it a color or a shape. If you can't feel anything, that's okay. Imagine later today, you'll want something, you know, it's three o'clock, it's five o'clock, it's after dinner. Whenever you typically, predictably have those urges, imagine it's later today. What will it feel like then? Bring that feeling into your body and then engage the urge in conversation. Ask it, what do you have to say? What do you need? What message do you have for me? There is a whole section in my book about how to not eat your feelings. So if you've ever found yourself avoiding a feeling or trying to push away your urges, then please check out my book. Just search out You Are a Miracle on Amazon. And if there's anything in this episode that's helped you, I would love it if you would write a review on iTunes. Your review could help somebody else maybe take a listen and maybe help her feel like maybe she's not alone. Maybe she's not the problem. Your review just might help someone shine her light a little brighter. And before we go, remember, 
love yourself because we are emotional creatures that have thoughts. Our emotions have meaning. They are here for a purpose. You are a spiritual being having a human experience and love is the whole point of it all. All right, that's what I've got for you this week. I'll see you next time. so much for listening today. Seriously, I know it's not a small thing and I genuinely appreciate it and I hope it helped you. Make sure you head on over to confidentbody.coach slash tips and sign up for my seven top tips for little shifts that create big results so that you can start feeling confident in your body right now. I will see you next week. And until then, remember you are a miracle.